This morning, we are going to introduce the, the next uh, segment in our study because the next statement in our doctrinal statement is this. We believe in one God, eternally existent as the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. There is a word that we uh, use to describe that teaching from the Bible, and the word is the doctrine of the the Trinity, the doctrine of the Trinity. The word Trinity is not found in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity is found in the Bible. A lot of people like to argue about words and get all semantical. First Timothy chapter 6 kind of warns us about that. We're not going to argue about the fact that the word Trinity is not found in the Bible until we argue about the fact that the word Bible is not found in the Bible. So to, to, to say, well, the word Trinity is not used in the Bible. Well, you're using a word not used in the Bible in making this condemning statement. Rapture is not found in the Bible, but the rapture is found in the Bible. Same thing with the Trinity. Before we get there in your notes, you've got some terms at the top of the page. I just want to give you some very basic definitions uh, for these terms, different belief systems regarding the nature of God. And we start with atheism, and obviously this is the belief that there is no God. This is the denial of God's existence. This is the fool who has said in his heart, there is no God, Psalm 14, 1, Psalm 53, 1. Atheism is such an arrogant position to take. To deny the existence of God, to say that God does not exist, in order to make that statement, it presupposes that you have all knowledge. In order to to, to completely deny the existence of something means I know everything about that and it's not there. Okay? That's atheism. Ah, no. Theism, belief in God. The next one in your list is pantheism pantheism and this is also kind of a compound term we've got a prefix and a root pan meaning all theism meaning God pantheism is the belief that everything is God pantheism is the belief basically that God is nature and nature is God, that God is not some eternal being outside the realm of this universe, that God is everything in this universe. The tree is God, the plants are God, the squirrels are God, and the stars are God, and you are God, and that is pantheism. That is nature worship. That is Mother Earth, okay? And there are pantheistic Religions very closely associated with paganism and animism. Those are distinctions there. We're just being very basic with these descriptions. So atheism, pantheism, and then a word you'll hear, polytheism. Poly meaning many, theism, belief in God. So polytheism is a belief in many gods. And the prime example of this would be Hinduism. Hinduism is a religion that 
accepts and worships, I mean by some estimates, millions of gods, all kinds of different deities. Um, the, the Egyptians, they had a river god and a crocodile god and a flat co- and, 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 and so mythologies, all these different gods, that is polytheism. I'll give you another, another example of a polytheistic religion. Mormonism is polytheistic because there is heavenly father but all of us can become gods like he is he is a man who became a god and we are men who can become gods by following the mormon religion meaning there is more than one god mormonism is polytheistic they might not categorize themselves that way but but you really don't get to invent the meaning of terms. Terms mean what they mean. And anyway, then there's monotheism. Monotheism. Atheism, no God. Pantheism, everything is God. Polytheism, many gods. Monotheism, the belief in one supreme being. One Almighty God. There are basically three monotheistic religions. The three monotheistic religions would be Judaism, the Hebrew religion. They believe in one Jehovah God. Islam. Islam claims to be monotheistic. They are worshiping Allah, is the moon god of the ancient Arabic peoples. And then Christianity. Christianity is a monotheistic religion. Now, Muslims accuse Christians of being polytheists because we believe in the Trinity. We believe in one God who is eternally existent in three persons, Father, Word, and Holy Ghost. But Islam looks at that belief and says, well, you believe that the Father is God, and then you believe that Jesus Christ is God. You believe in multiple gods. You worship many gods. This Trinity business is nothing more than polytheism. They say that Jesus Christ is not divine. Jesus Christ is a great prophet, just like Adam and Abraham and and Moses and, and Muhammad. Jesus Christ was one of the greatest prophets, but he can't be gone because that's polytheism. Well, they they totally misunderstand the doctrine of the Trinity. We do believe in one God who is eternally existent as three persons. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 4, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We do not believe in many gods. We believe in one God, but we do believe because the Bible says that one God exists and reveals himself in three persons, Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. Now, this is a very basic, very fundamental doctrine of New Testament uh, Christianity, and I'm sure that you know that God is a trinity. And I'm sure that you've heard all your life that God 
is a trinity. And I don't doubt that you believe that God is a trinity, but this is one of those foundational doctrines that is under attack in our day and age. And so the reason we're studying these things is not just so you can be familiar with them. I assume you already are, but you have got to be able to know why you believe that God is a trinity, and you have got to develop the ability to defend this essential doctrine of the Christian faith. And so we'll see, we'll just start this morning with some verses that prove from the Bible that God is a trinity and and how we can defend this position from the scripture. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 7 is the obvious place to start. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 7 is a verse as we studied a few uh, times back that has been removed from modern versions. And we'll see if we have time to get into the manuscript evidence for 1 John 5, 7. This verse absolutely belongs in the scripture and it is, it is the very most basic summary of the doctrine of the Trinity. Try, three, unity, one, three, in, one is what this verse says. 1 John 5 and verse number 7. The Bible says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. The statement's not finished. And these three are one. Father, Word, and Holy Ghost, three, but those three are one. Brother David, explain that. I'm not sure that I can explain it. But I do believe the Bible is given by inspiration of God, and I do accept the Bible as my final authority in all matters of faith and practice. So whether or not I can wrap my mind around how it is that God is three in one, I absolutely believe it and accept it this morning. When you think about it honestly, do we really want a God who can fit within the realms of our comprehension and understanding. If God is the supreme being of the universe and the creator of heaven and earth, and I'm just this little speck of dust on one little insignificant planet, then why why is it that I think that God should be able to fit into the confines of my mind? He's the Almighty of God. Surely He's so much greater than I am that there would be aspects of His nature that I would have some difficulty trying to fathom and understand. To me, that only makes sense. If I can understand everything there is to know about God, then at the very least, I'm kind of on the same plane as He is. And I'm not. So it makes sense to me that there are some things about God that are, that are beyond my ability to comprehend. Just think about his love. The Bible says that's incomprehensible. That is unfathomable. It's beyond the realm of our understanding. All those other words are difficult to say. Okay, so three in one. How is that? Well, I, I don't know that I can explain how it is. John Wesley made this statement. He said, if you can explain to me how there are three candles in the room, but only one light, 
then I will explain to you the mode of the divine existence. Think about that for a while, but don't think about it too long that your brain hurts. You can explain to me why there are three candles but one light, then I'll explain to you the mode of the divine existence. I think it's a pretty good illustration. Let's, let's, let's state this mathematically this morning. One plus one plus one equals three. That was a difficult concept. You might not have gotten here in school yet, but that's what it looks like. One times one times one equals three. There is one sense in which three can be three. Did I say equals three? I'm just checking you. All right. One times one times one equals one. There is, there is a sense in which three are three. And there is a sense in which three are one. I'm not saying this explains the, the, the Trinity, but this is a very basic illustration that th- shows the possibility of three things being three things and three things still being one. Okay? And, and there are lots of illustrations that we'll cover later on in this study, but let's just get it from the Bible this morning. We are quickly running out of time. Come to Genesis chapter number one, the very beginning. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Genesis chapter 1 and verse, I, I won't sing any of that this morning. Genesis 1 and verse number 26. Let's just notice, let's notice the unity and the distinction. Let's notice singular and plural all at the same time. The Trinity is, is, is revealed from the very uh, first chapter in the Bible. Genesis one twenty six and God said, okay, one God, God said, let us make man in our image. Well, he can't be speaking to the man because the man has not yet been created. He can't be speaking to the angels because the angels took no part in man's creation. When God said, let us, to whom was he speaking? When God said, man will be made in our image, in whose image was the man created? God is talking to himself. Because there is a sense in which God is one, and there is a sense in which God is three. And so the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, all in cooperation as the creation of mankind, God, singular, said, let us, plural, make man in our image, plural, because God is three in one. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image, that's who he's talking to, in the image of God created him, male and female, Created he them. This takes place again in Genesis chapter 3. He places man and woman in the garden, gives them a tree full of fruit that they can eat, and one commandment don't eat the fruit off of this one tree. It was a garden of yes and a tree of no. But they ate of that tree. They were tempted. They fell to the temptation. They disobeyed the Lord. God came and he made them coats of skin but look at this statement made in genesis 3 22 and the lord god said behold the man is become as one of us 
God said he is in us. God described himself as a we. There are three persons to the Godhead, according to Genesis 3.22. Look at Genesis 11 and verse number 6. Genesis 11 and verse number 6. This fast forward to the Tower of Babel. The Bible says, verse 5, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down. Let us go down. Who's he talking to? Himself. Let us go down, and there confound their language. Who confounded their language? God did. God's in us. That they may not understand one another's speech, so the Lord scattered. So the Lord scattered them abroad. So again, he's not talking to the angels when he said, "Let's go down." The Lord went down. The Lord scattered, and the Lord said to the Lord, "Let us go down and scatter their language." So in Genesis one, Genesis three, and Genesis eleven, here are the foundational chapters of the Word of God. We have the Lord singular being revealed as. Us and we, three persons, one God, that's the Trinity. Look at Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28, Christ giving the great commission to his disciples before he ascends back to the Father and returns to sit on the right hand of God. And in Matthew 28 and verse 18, he left them with these instructions. Matthew 28 and verse number 18. And Jesus came. And spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. The name. He didn't say in the names. He said in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. So the Father, the, 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 the Word, and the Holy Ghost, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, three persons but one name. Three persons but one God, and that's the Trinity, and we see it over and over and over and over and over and over again in the Bible. The three sharing the same attributes, the three present in the very same verse, the three um, all in the same working, in the same situation, toward one end. God, God is three in one. I can't comprehend it, but I can read it. I can believe it. There are some illustrations that somewhat help me understand it. But look at Colossians chapter 2. We'll finish up with this. Colossians chapter number 2. Many more references there in your notes uh, that I guess we'll get to next time. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 9. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 9. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. As the heaven is high above the earth, so are his ways and his thoughts higher than ours. But here's a blessing. Colossians 2, verse number 9, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. We have the full resources of the triune Godhead at our disposal this morning. 
He that confesseth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, 1 John 4, 15, God dwelleth in him and he in God. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 4, the Father is in you. In Colossians 1, the Son is in you. In 1 Corinthians 3, that the Holy Spirit is in you. If you're saved this morning, you are indwelt by the Trinity. <laughs> the eternal God, eternally existent as three persons, Father, Word, and Holy Ghost, and he loves us and wants us to commune with him and for us to have a relationship with him and he's here with us in us among us praise the lord father thank you for your word and your revelation of the nature and essence of your person help us dear god to learn about you so that we can tell others about you and so we can draw close to you bless our time in the church service this morning use brother james as he preaches your word and we love you in jesus name amen